two, cover three. Uh, you know, a whole lot of things has happened since the last time uh, we were last on. Um, as of you guys already know, uh, today was the trade deadline for the NBA. And obviously, we're all Celtics fanboys here. Um, but unfortunately, the Celtics didn't really make any good moves. No, no, let me rephrase that. Didn't make any sexy picks that, you know, got our socks off, unfortunately. Um, you know, we traded for a guard named Evan Foreigner. Um, he's a Fournier. 6'7", Fournier, uh, 6'7 guard uh, from Orlando Magic. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, quiet season. He's averaging about 19 points a game. Um, he's hitting almost 40% from three, which I guess that's nice. Um, hitting 40% of his uh, – 46% of his shots. Um, so, okay guard, middle-of-the-road guy. Um, I'm not sure that's something that will be needed. Um, but, Falk, I'm going to let you kind of start it here. Did you like the move? Is what will be needed? Or, you know, I think it was just a bad day for Denny H. I'll let you take it. Um, so, I don't think it was a bad move. Um, I just don't think it's – it's nothing that's going to help us get back into the playoff picture this season. Um, he's kind of on a rental deal. I think he's got one year left on his current contract, so maybe they're thinking they can re-sign him and he'll be a bench piece moving forward. But he's a decent player. He's He'll be your sixth, seventh man on your rotation, somebody that can come in and make shots off the bench, which Celtics don't really have a solid shot maker off the bench. Um you know, as of late, it was Jeff Teague, and they just traded him away today. From my understanding, a lot of the moves that they made today were trying to clear up some roster space to try and maybe bring somebody in in the buyout market. Um, they traded away Daniel Tice, Javante Green, and Jeff Teague today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're just trying to they're trying to shake some things up a little bit. I, I mean, their bench is bad. Their starting lineup might be worse. Um, they just they need to change a lot of things and they need to do it quickly. So we'll kind of see where it goes from there. But uh, n- nothing crazy. They also brought in those two guys, and that's in the um, Chicago three way trade. I think it was Chicago and Washington. We got uh, Mo Wagner and Luke Cornett, who are both you know Mo Wagner is the better of the two. He's more of like a stretch big. Um, can kind of shoot it a little bit, but I mean, he's not going to be, he's not going to be looked to as a starter. And then Luke Cornett is usually the end, an end of the bench guy. He might get waved. Um, so nothing really, nothing really of significance there. <laughs> yeah. Junk, what do you got? Um, you know, I think if we were expecting a ton more, uh, we would have been crazy. Uh, I just don't think that unless we're getting rid of one of the top three, top four guys on the team, you know, Marcus Smart, Kemba, Tatum, or Brown, which we won't do and Danny won't do because three out of four of those guys he drafted, he wants to hold on to them as tight as possible. And we just brought in Kemba and he doesn't have high stock in the market right now. You know, I think unless you're trading those guys, one of those guys, you're not going to get a huge lot for what you're trying to give away. So I think, you know, we're all hoping for sexy picks. We're all hoping to get a player that will turn this organization around right now. But unfortunately, it's still on the shoulders of Jalen Brown, still on the shoulders of Tatum, Kemba. And, you know, it seems like there's just some locker room tensions that maybe these moves shake it up. But unfortunately, you know, there's, there's just not much 
not much ammunition that the team could use in order to get some big key trades uh, this time of the year. Yeah, uh, I think me personally, I've already considered the season as a wash. I think the boys should just pack it in. I mean, I feel like they already are kind of packing in. I'm not saying that the effort's not there, the intensity isn't there. I just think that uh, for some reason, you know, it's just one of those years, man, that the boys just can't for some reason kind of pick it together and try to find a way to win, even though they had a really good, uh, you know, bubble, uh, you know, re uh, during the COVID situation where everyone was in a bubble in Orlando. Um, you know, they, we made it to the Eastern Conference uh, fi- uh, finals and we just couldn't get it done. But, you know, for some reason, we just haven't been able to bounce back since then. So, um, uh, yeah, I've considered this season a wash, you know, just I, I, I think we'll make it to the playoffs barely, uh, but we'll lose the first round. So, um, but yeah, I really didn't want to spend too much time on this topic just because I just think right now basketball isn't really a hot topic right now. I just don't think it's especially the Celtics, you know, we're not doing so well. So, um, um, yeah, I do. I do have another piece to that, honestly, yeah. um, that I forgot to mention to you guys earlier off off the podcast. But uh, have you guys heard anything about like rock, locker room tensions uh, within the team at all? I haven't heard anything personally, to be honest. So I heard <clears throat> I heard a couple pieces the last couple of days. Uh, there was right, a rumor ahead. floating out there that Tristan Thompson was supposed to yeah. be supposedly not a great locker room guy, had created rifts in the locker room. Um, Brad Stevens went on 98.5, the sports hub, I believe in the morning show and kind of discredited those rumors, um, kind of also Probably. stating, you know, there were rumors out there that he was going to be going to Indiana to coach college basketball. And he's like, yeah, I mean, those are the same kinds of rumors. So I wouldn't put too much merit at them. Um, there was also a piece today with the moves that the Celtics made, um, that they they might be focusing more on a shakeup with trading away some of those guys. I know Javante Green supposedly was very close with Jason Tatum. Um, so I don't know if, you know, they traded away one of Jason Tatum's favorite guys, how that's going to affect the locker room. Um, just a couple pieces I've heard personally. Nothing crazy, though. Um, I also heard, too, that, you know, Marcus Smart's he's got to be the longest tenured Celtic on the team right now, actually probably by far now. Yeah. Um, So like, I'm not sure if it's Brad Stevens leaning on him or higher up or what, or it's just his personal mindset. But I think he, uh, he's trying to develop as a team captain role uh, in the locker room on the court and everything. He has high energy, you know, he has the passion and it's a good idea but he's also not the best player. And sometimes when you're not the best player, but you're also the captain, it's really hard to follow suit when he's chucking threes at the backboard down six, you know, with a few, few seconds left. So like, mm-hmm. uh, it seems like there's possibly team uh, players like getting a little disgruntled, you know, due to the lack of defense Marcus Suarez had this year as the past years. And, uh, you know, it just it catches them in a bind, I think, if they're really trying to push him to be a team captain. But on top of that, you know, probably Tatum and Brown, who are young but still want to be in that role, uh, want to be that. So there might be just a lot of frustration going on there. And mm-hmm. then another piece I heard today, too, was that um, 
uh, so most NBA locker rooms, they are large, good size, um, but the Celtics is not. So I, I believe they split the locker room into two. They split the team into two locker rooms, I should say. Um, and you have uh, the young guys in one locker room. You have the older guys in another one. And it creates a divide mm, amongst the team because one – yeah. So you, you I, don't never, I haven't heard of it. I heard it this morning. Um, so it creates a divide, creates like a uh, you know, a separation. You don't have that team camaraderie. You know, in the locker room, when you guys are just being guys, you're just being you. Um, and I also think it allows the young part of the team to act as they think they should. And then the veterans, maybe they do know how to act. Maybe they don't. I'm not sure. Maybe that's the problem you have with Kemba. But, I mean, uh, Tristan Thompson. But uh, I definitely think there is just a lot of lot of tension, a lot of, lot of issues that are showing on the court that, you know, it's just not healthy for the Celtics. So. I had no idea about that. That's that's true that the the locker room is separated like that by the vets and the, the rookies. I had oh, no idea. And I've been inside of the uh, Bruins locker room. And the Bruins locker room, it was smaller than I thought it would be. But there are more players on an NHL starting lineup than there yeah. is that suit up for the Celtics. So I'm wondering yeah. if they're separate locker rooms. And the Celtics yeah. locker room is just smaller. I, I would imagine it should be broken up a little bit differently. Like, say you got some bench guys or non-starters or something like that. I feel like it should, you know, either way, however you cut it, it's not going to be good. But I feel like anyone who's in the top, uh, the the first ten or the starting ten, mm-hmm. you know, you should you should really put those guys together so that, you know, locker room, you, you got to be with the guys as much as it sucks sometimes 24 seven, because, you know, it's, that's where the team chemistry is built. And if you have that divide, it, it's going to show. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's, I agree. Yeah. yeah no, that's, that's a good, good talking point. point, Junker. I didn't know that. Yeah. Me, uh, yeah. me, me either. Um, as you guys were talking about, you know, the Celtics, I was just putting up, uh, pulling up some other stuff. So Kevin O'Connor, uh, NBA reporter for The Ringer. Uh, the Ringer is just like a smaller company like Bleacher Report. Uh, he tweeted a couple of days ago, I have also heard that Thompson, obviously Tristan Thompson, is not loved in the locker room for numerous re- for numerous different reasons. And then Jalen Brown himself actually replied to the tweet with an emoji of a hat. Um, so, cap. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's cap. No so. Cap. Uh, which is interesting. So I'm not sure. I mean, I guess that's a good thing from Jalen stepping up and defending his teammate. Like, hey, man, I don't know where you're getting that information from, but, you know, we definitely like Tristan here. Um, but that just shows you that even though that even though an NBA reporter is saying that, and uh, you know, Jalen Brown's replying to that, it just shows that obviously maybe there isn't something big going on, but there's definitely some type of – um, you know, discussions or tensions, good or bad, are wrong with this situation. So, I mean, good thing by Jalen, but there's definitely something happening behind the scenes that we're probably we don't know. Um, but I had no idea about the Celtics locker room being cut up like that. So that's a good point. You know, you need to be with your boys. Um, so that's a that's really valid. Yeah, I'm gonna do more research on it just to see if I can get anything on that. But yeah, and then you think you guys think it ties into like. Remember last year, Marcus Smart and like the rest of the seeds were like 
like screaming at each other in the locker room after a bad loss. What was it to Miami? I think last year. Uh, I believe so. I, I want to playoffs. I would chalk that up to just competitors being competitive. I mean, yeah. nobody wants to lose, and if you know, I, I've gotten into confrontations with teammates that. Oh yeah. You know, it hasn't meant anything besides the heat of the moment. Um, so I probably wouldn't take too much stock in that. And from other reports, I've heard that Marcus Smart is beloved by those guys. So I'm not going to take too much emphasis yeah, on that. I don't think – I think, yeah. honestly, if there was issues with Marcus Smart in the locker room and him not being a leader, I bet you he would have been traded today. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, because it's not like he's contributing a ton on the court. You know, he hasn't played that great as of late. So if teams are wanting to include Marcus Smart in trade packages and he's not playing great and he's not loved in the locker room, there really aren't a whole lot of reason for Danny to keep him here. But at the same time, if he's not playing great, what's his contract? Isn't he getting 13 this year? Um, he's up there. We gave him a decent contract. A couple yeah, years ago. it's either 13 or 16. So, you know, if he's not playing great and the contract is like 13 to 16, you know, maybe he goes somewhere just as that leadership role and that, you know, energy and whatnot. But it's really hard for a team if they're not already top three in their uh, conference to like take on, you know, that much money if unless they have an absolute amount of space, you know. Yeah, um, that yeah. is a good point. Yeah, I mean, he – I heard rumblings that the Hawks were going to make a move, um, but I'm not sure, you know, that ever no, came they stayed, I they brought in – they traded Rajon Rondo for uh, Lou Williams today. Mm. Um, but he is a free agent after this season. Marcus Smart is up for grabs. I'm looking up his contract in spot rec. Um, so he is up for grabs after this year's done. Um, he's making about just almost uh, just a little bit over 14 this year. Um, he'll be 28 years old. Um, we signed him to a four year, $52 million contract back, um, before the 20, uh, after the 2017 season. So yeah, it's almost done. So I don't know. He, he's been a guy that I do appreciate the work he's been putting in. Uh, yeah. And you are right. Junk. He's been the longest tenured Celtic uh so far so he's he's seen so many yeah so even though he's only 27 that is pretty insane to say um but you know i think i don't know i think it's time i I think it's time to let him go and be his own man and be a player uh somewhere else i think he just hasn't been himself this year for whatever many reasons but i think the celtics need to kind of not necessarily rebuild um, but, you know, hence the trade today with those guys are unknown. They definitely want to be a little bit more well-rounded um, and just try different things. And I think they kind of understand that the season isn't going their way. So let's just try to bring in different bodies to see what we can develop and help the guys for next year and try to come back stronger. I feel like the, those were the primary moves for today. Um, but, yeah, well, we'll see. So anything else before we uh, switch over to the Patriots, gentlemen? I'm um, are you guys? We were linked to Aaron Gordon and didn't end up getting him. You guys got any thoughts on that? No, eh, no. Nah, I, I mean, it would have been cool, but like, I it still wouldn't fix the situation either way. Uh, how the season's going? I on, so. I hadn't heard great things about him. It would have been nice to get oh, another player yeah. that can score in here, um, and has you know all star potential, but. Yeah, and then w- was he going to make us into a finals contender? Probably not. 
No, and yeah, no way. This is title town. We're we're either all in or we're out. And so at yeah. this point, it it really doesn't bother me that we didn't get them. I would have. It would have been nice just to say that we had done something big, better than Evan Fournier, but. I'm not crying myself to sleep tonight. Yeah, I agree with Hulk. <laughs> Nothing. It would have been cool, but either way, even if we did pull the trigger on him, it wouldn't make a difference to the season. We, yeah, it, either way, it uh, wouldn't help at all. Yeah, I, I think I'm in the same boat. If anything, I heard he has, like, off the floor issues, too. Uh, you know, maybe he's the good, but not the best team uh, competitor or anything like that. I think that's something else that we don't need in the locker room either. So, mm-hmm. uh, just adds to it too. Um, but yeah, just want to throw that out there. No, that's that's a good point. All right, now over to the Patriots. So, you know, as we are still in the free agency frenzy uh, with the NFL that started last week. Uh, Patriots still made uh, a lot of moves. Yeah, I mean, things have definitely quieted down, but still a lot of players uh, are coming back. A lot of players that, you know, obviously we will recognize. So just to touch on some of the guys that we, uh, you know, brought back, you know, we brought back Van Noy, which, I mean, that was uh, – I feel like that was a good move for everybody. Uh, we re-signed David Andrews, which I think everyone in this uh, – in this chat right now, definitely agrees. That was probably the biggest one that we needed to come back, especially still for, shocked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for, I was at four year, 20 mil. So he took a huge pay cut. He could have made so much more money anywhere else, but he decided to come back to play for the boys. So that just shows commitment from him that he loves it here. So that was great. Um, you know, we're bringing back James away for another year for two and a half mil fully guaranteed. And Lawrence guy, a four year deal. So Bill really likes the man. Um, I actually like Lawrence Guy. I don't think he he's not necessarily a guy who's gonna you know get you those beautiful stats every weekend, but he just creates pressure and he's always gonna get some TFLs and he he's sturdy, he's consistent. So a four year deal that kind of caught me off guard just because how old he is. I think he's like 31, 32. So, but those interior D linemen guys can't play for a little bit. And your boy Ted Karras, you know, a really good, reliable. Uh, offensive lineman that we drafted here uh, a couple years ago. Um, he's pretty steady for us. You know, he does the job well. And, you know, he went with Van Noy to Miami for a year. And now he's back on a one-year deal. So I'm pretty excited uh, to have those guys back. So um, any thoughts about the guys that we decided to bring back? And then we'll kind of switch over to the other guys that I didn't mention. Um, so, Junk, I'll let you go first here. Um, what do you thought about the moves? I was completely blown away <clears throat> by the Ted Car- uh, Andrews, David Andrews uh, resign. I'm not gonna lie, um, especially with the contract. You know, he, in my eyes, he's like a legend right now, Patriot legend, just <laughs> true to form. You know, I want to play for Bill. I want to play for the Patriots. Really, in my mind, too, for the team going into this um, free agency. You know, all of us were questioning whether people were going to come here, even if we had the money. And another point uh, in Bill's uh, in Bill's standings of like people want to play for him, people want to play for this organization. They want to come in, they want to uh, stamp their uh, timesheet, clock in, get on the field, get out. So I uh, just absolutely blown away. Um, Lawrence guy too, um, and Van Noy. I can't believe he went to Miami. We got a compensation pick and got him back this year too. Like that is just <laughs> unbelievable. Chestnut checkers, believe. baby. 
Chess and checkers. <laughs> That's a fact. Uh, um, so that was that was uh it was a nice little present he brought along. And then Ted Karras, I mean, you know, I don't know where he's gonna play. He's the most I would say interesting one because we gave him four million and most of us assumed, all right, he's gonna be the starting center. But now he's gonna be playing he's gonna get four million on the bench, you know, depending on I don't know, I don't remember his contract details if it's fully guaranteed or whatnot. I uh, he's definitely most... four million, most of it's guaranteed. Yeah. It, most it, if not all. The good thing is it's just one year, but I mean, we've had issues in the past where old linemen go down and we change around the whole entire thing. He's a he's a filler in the interior there, you know, guard center. He could fill if there's an injury down there, so you don't have to move someone to move someone else to move someone else. You can just plug him in and it'd be best case scenario to keep everyone in the same spot. So uh, just, yeah, just uh, some really good contracts. Some, you know, glad we got some of these guys back. Oh, James White too, right? I forget. I didn't yeah. write him down. Yeah, one year, um, two and a half. Uh, James White too. Uh, I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked that he didn't sign anywhere else Tampa for that was, contract. Uh, apparently, Tampa was trying to make a push for him. Uh, that would have been nuts. I don't. I don't know if they have other plans. Not too keen. Uh, not too, you know, into their news. But yeah, same thing. Or even Miami. It seems like you got the Miami page, uh, Dolphins down there, who's trying to recruit all of our guys down there. So um, I just, you know, all the guys that have left out of these guys that came back, I wanted them all back, and I, I just blown away that we one got them all back, two got them all cheap, and we're just locked and loaded for the next season. Yeah. That's a good point. One more thing before we switch over to Folk. Van Noy signed a four-year, was it $40, 50000000 million contract to Miami? And over $30 million of that was guaranteed. Yeah. Right when he signed. And then he got released. So he basically got paid over $30 million for one year to play for the Dolphins. And we still got a pick for him. That's insane. And I forget what his contract is now, but... I think it was only a two or three year deal, but nothing crazy though. It was very veteran friendly. I think it was about like two or three years, like maybe ten to fifteen. Um, two years, sixteen mil, six million guaranteed. So he'll probably get like six million now, six million next year, something like that. But yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. So that that's probably one of the the funniest things that <laughs> I thought uh, throughout these signings that he made over thirty million with one year in the team, and then they cut him, and then we bring him back and we get a pick. Unreal. Uh, but yeah, folk, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, folk, well, what were your thoughts when we uh brought these guys back? Some of them, I mean, listen, when you know, when we first talked about before free agency hit, we talked about you know what we wanted the Patriots to do. For me personally, I wanted them to bring back Lawrence Guy to solidify the run defense because he's one of the only reliable run defenders that we had last season. I wanted David Andrews back because he's the glue guy. You didn't know the status of Tooney at the time. Um, I don't think we had Trent Brown at the time. So I think we really needed David Andrews to kind of solidify the old line. Um, and I wanted James White back because when you have a quarterback that can't throw, you need somebody that can catch the screens, be oh. kind of your bailout guy. And like mm-hmm. I said, we didn't have these two tight ends, any of these receivers. So I wanted James White back. All three of those guys are captains. Uh, they're going to set a good example for the locker room, kind of show everybody, you know, this is the Patriot way. This is how we do things. Um, and then they'll just kind of go from there. So those were the 
the big signings that I really wanted and they got him back. I think Ted Karras is just gravy. Um, you know, we <laughs> have had injury issues in the past. Uh, Ted Karras, pretty reliable. Um, I would feel good if somebody went down, God forbid, um, and he had to slide in there. I'd be all right with it. So that mm-hmm. part doesn't really bother me. Um, yeah, no, I, I like the signings. Uh, I think the new guys that we brought in are going to help out a ton. Um, I, th- I, honest, I think the biggest re-signing was probably David Andrews, to be honest. In an offense that struggled, you're going to need a solid offensive line in front of Cam this year, and especially especially the first few games, I think. I think Cam's going to try and look to prove the doubters wrong, which means he might be needing more time in the pocket to make better passes. Um in which case you're going to need a really good offensive line in front of them, which we might have next year. Yeah. 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 Seriously. Um, anything else, Falk? Cause I got another piece. Um, as far as the guys that we re-signed, um, not really. I, I think we did a good job of, I, I think it'll depend on where we stand when the season starts with Stefan Gilmore and JC Jackson. Um, but from from my point of view, for everything else, I think the Patriots did everything that they really needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, touching on James White again, um, I think I'm more shocked, too, that he came back because I, I know last year he had, um, you know, a two-game absence where he was uh, – was it his mother or his father passed away? I, I can't uh, remember. I believe it was his father. Yeah, so he only played four. He, yeah, games played, he had fourteen, um, but he still had probably statistically one of his worst years last year, and that's unfortunate too. Like you I think blame, Cam you Newton? Be, yeah, I, I wouldn't blame that on him though. Uh, exactly. Yeah. You know, but that's the that's the point. I think I'm trying to prove here is you know he came back to this team even with Cam Newton still potentially right now being the starting quarterback and you had one of your statistically worst receiving and rushing years since probably your 2015 season for receiving and uh, 2015 season or 16 season for rushing. So you think, you know, you probably had one of your worst statistical years in the last four to five years or five to six, and yet you still come back. And, uh, you know, I I just, that one blown me away. Um, I, you don't. You didn't see James White much of last year, and he still came back on a really, really team-friendly contract that I'm sure another team should have picked him up or could have picked him up. So, yeah, um, just a little nugget there that I wanted to add. No, that, that's a good point. I think you know, uh, I did hear rumblings that Tampa was making a push. Um, so that would have been pretty crazy to see him there. But knowing that he decided to stick here for one more year even through his tough year that he had uh, with so many things going off the field and during the field, because, you know, we weren't obviously successful um, to come back and still trust the process. Um, that just really shows that he loves it here. Um, and, you know, F everybody who thinks that, oh, New England's not a fun place to play, blah, blah, blah. Nobody should like, shut up, man. It's, it's so not true. Um, you know, like the podcast that Cam was on a couple weeks ago, um, I think Cam is a real straightforward dude. And what he said about Bill, um, I think he said he's one of the most misunderstood coaches in the league. Um, and a lot of people think he's very cool hearted, but, you know, he said a lot of good things about him. He's just, you know, he's a nice dude. He likes to joke around, but he likes to win. 
Um, So I think that's a really good point that, you know, even through what went happened, uh, what, what went on last year that people, uh, the players are still committed. They're still committed to the process. And yeah. um, Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the future. I think this year we're going to be really good. It just really comes down to Kim. So, Um, but yeah, Falk, if you want to touch on the, Oh, were you going to say junk? My bad. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, Cam, he probably had one of his best completion percentage years last year at 65%, at least in, in, since his uh, 2015 MVP season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he checked it down a few more times to James White or something like that, you'd think it would be a little bit better too. I know most people are playing against the run, so they're already up in our face anyways. But you think you checked it down a few more times, get four yards here and there. And maybe some of those games that we lost that were really tight, we get a different outcome. So I just – I really think Cam needs to, like, really develop into a stronger role of the check down, the screens, the get the ball to these guys so that they can make the plays and not just throw it in the dirt. So, yeah, just still surprised. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Falk, you got anything uh, you want to touch on the other guys or anything else you want to add on to that? No, I think you guys covered it pretty well. Um I will say, from from what my understanding of uh, you know having Cam Newton in the offense, I think that the addition of the two tight ends helps out a lot. I think the addition of the wide receivers helps out a lot. But I think we really just need to see Cam Newton become comfortable, and I think he can lead the offense. Um, doesn't mean I really want him leading the offense. I just think he <laughs> can. Um, you know, he had COVID brain, if that's a thing didn't really have a lot of time to blend with his receivers and the receivers weren't very good. So I think this will be a good, a more accurate picture of what we're going to see from Cam Newton. I think people have been killing Cam just because of the expectations that we have for him and the expectations that we have for winning in general. Um, So I, you know, I killed him last week and then I kind of took a step back and thought about it, thought about the way that the offense might look this year. And it might be more, um, you know, geared for success. On the same time, if Cam Newton comes in and stinks up the field the way he did last year, he yeah, has yeah. nothing to hide behind. Incoming number he's two, gonna Justin ha- Fields. He's going to have. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to have a solid offensive line, a better receiving core, the best tight end room in the NFL. He's going to have a solid defense behind him. Like, there's going to be – he's he has the best punter in football. So, field position shouldn't <laughs> – Don't forget like, special teams. <laughs> like, like, he's just he, – he will be the weak link on this football team if they fail next year. Yeah. So, that's just kind of where I'm at with that. No, uh, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, not to go off topic, but, yeah, I think Cam – it generally really just comes down to him. I think from top to bottom, our whole roster is pretty stacked. Um, boomer bust, really. Play, sorry, playoff or bust. Like, it really just comes down to him. Uh, reasons why that we only signed him to technically a one-year $5 million contract, not 14, if he hits his, obviously, incentives. But um, it really just comes down to him. We're too stacked not to make the playoffs. Um, no excuses from Cam. Um, and we're New England. We want to win. We want to be in the Super Bowl this year. So can he get us there? I don't know. But I know there's a guy in the draft named Justin Fields that we take him at 15. 
or we pull forward. I would take him at one. You know, I'll, uh, dude, I I completely agree with you. I completely agree. I think he's a bigger version of Russell Wilson. Uh, so yeah, it, it's gonna be yeah. Not to go way too off topic, uh, but yeah, he. Oh God, it would be so crazy. It'd just be so cool. Um, yeah. but yeah. But yeah, uh, Falk, let's uh, let's get to your game, man. I'm pretty excited where you're going to bring up to the plate here. So how about uh, you tell what we're going to dis- be discussing about right now? Uh, sorry, I was just – I was setting everything up. I had to write down – Oh, my bad. No, you're fine. I was uh, – I wrote down the depth chart um, position by position. Um, incoming news, Adam Scheffner, Carlos Dunlap re-signing with the Seahawks. Two years, sixteen point six million, eight and a half guaranteed. Per Drew Rosenhaus, surprised that guy didn't end up a Patriot. Um, yeah. So the game we're going to play today is called Keep a Cut. Um, so as the roster stands at the moment, it looks like there are seventy three, seventy seven, seventy eight players on the roster with. We have 10 draft picks. So, assuming that we're not, for the sake of the game, we're not going to include the draft picks here. But let's try to get the best 53-man roster possible. So, I'll be leading this, and I'll go, we'll go position by position, and we'll see what you guys think of who should be there, if they fall correctly on the depth chart, and so on and so forth. Sound good? Where do you guys want, where do you guys want to start? You want to start defense or offense? Uh, let's go defense. I mean, unless yeah, you're good. I like yeah, you that. Do, all right, yeah, let's go defense. All right, so for my predictions thing. for who the the Patriots currently have on the roster, it looks like that we have 36 players on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. So we'll start off. We'll go from the secondary on to the defensive line. Okay. So starting off at safety, for the strong safety, I have Kyle Duggar, Jalen Mills, Adrian Phillips. Are any of those guys going to get cut, or are we going to keep them all? Do you think they're all going to stay kind of where they are on the depth chart? Mm-hmm. Uh, Junk, I'll let you go here first. Yeah, I'm sorry. You said Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips, and who? So uh, my depth Jaylen chart Mills. goes Kyle Duggar, Jalen Mills, Adrian Phillips. Phillips is in the last year of his contract, I think. Um, he's still on the rookie deal, I feel like, too. Um, out of those three, I don't think you get rid of any because you can have Jalen Mills playing. You know, we talked about him off the podcast. Uh, he's a joker. He's the jack of all trades. And then I also think, uh, you know, Adrian Phillips has shown a little bit of flashes here and there. And especially with Pat Chung down last year, he had to fill a role. And then on top of that, Kyle Dunger really showed that he can probably play at this level and probably has a high, high ceiling. Uh, so honestly, I would keep all three. Yeah. Uh, I, but I, that's just I agree opinion. as well, yeah. Eric. Yeah. Um, I think you keep all three too. I, I'm just pulling up. Uh, I was just pulling up Adrian Phillips. So yeah, he's in his last year. Of his contract, he signed a two-year, uh, $6 million contract right. in March of 2020, so uh, with a signing bonus of 1.5. So, yeah, I guess you keep him. Um, I, To be honest with you, I don't really remember Adrian Phillips being that big of an impact last year. Granted, he did suck on both sides, but 
I mean, <laughs> yes, but I, the main priority is definitely keeping the other two guys, Jalen Mills and Kyle Duggar. I think Duggar is going to be the the star. I think he's going to be the actual pro bowler out of the three if I had to uh, pick him. So, but yeah, you, you keep, keep all three. three. I, I'll keep okay. all three, but I if we if we release Adrian Phillips, I wouldn't be salty about it. All right, so okay. keeping all three. So let's go. Now we'll go to the. We gotta keep count here because we gotta stick under fifty three. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and I think I think some of these guys are gonna be more obvious. Um, just keep in mind, Bill likes his special teams with some of these guys. Mm, true. So on the right side of the field at cornerback position, we have Stephon Gilmore, Joe Jawan Williams, Michael Jackson, and D Virgin. Michael Jackson. He's Let's go, Eric. You can start this what? Yeah, I you know I thought <laughs> uh, that too, but not the same Michael Jackson. <laughs> uh, for, hold hold on, Falk. Do you have this on um do you have this on like ESPN.com or something like no, that? So have I have the list okay. myself, but I got it from um I believe it's a pro football focus, was it? Okay. So I have this per ourlads.com. It was the most accurate 2021 okay. um, roster that I could find. All right, perfect. So to yeah. give you some uh, some specs on Michael Jackson, because I know he's not a household name, he is a 24-year-old corner. He just turned 24. He's in his last year of his he's deal. He's in the last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. He stands at about 6'1", he's 210. Um, he ran a 445. Uh, 40-yard dash. Special teamer? Maybe. I don't think he got – I think he was a practice squad guy last year. Um, yeah. Also to note, he's 24 years old, but he's played on three teams. Thanks. Yeah. So that just to show you that he's kind of like a middle-of-the-road type of guy. Um, And who's the other corner? D-Virgin. Mike Jack. D-Virgin? Yep. D-E-E. Virgin. Like you. Shut your goddamn mouth. Uh, let's see here. I just I just want to pull him up just to see what his situation is. Okay, so he's 27, 511, just under 200 pounds. Uh, he's been on four teams, and he's only 27. So, uh, obviously, you keep uh, Gilborn. That's a no-brainer. Yep. Um Joe Jawan Williams, I think he's had a start. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Start to his career because uh, all the stuff going off the field. Um, plus, he just I feel like he just hasn't had any grip yet uh, with the actual on the field like playbook understanding or just play time. Uh, but you got to keep him because he was a second round pick. You just and he's a big body. I think he's like six two, six three. Uh, round two, ten, two, twenty. I think he's pretty I think lanky. They've kept worse corners longer. I think he's on the field as well. I think he's. he's, he's yeah. Think about how long Cyrus yeah, Jones so was here. Think about how long Duke Dawson was here. And I think this guy's better than both of them. So. Yeah, I was so, gonna say, and we're comparing them to him. Like that scares me too. But <laughs> keep going. No, no. So I think uh, I think you keep those two guys, obviously, but the other two. Uh, Mike Jackson, uh, yeah, Mike Jackson Sr. and D. Virgin. Uh, to be honest, they sound like special teams guys. So I think you cut. I think you cut 
uh, Divergen just because I don't. I'm looking at his uh, career. I'm cutting him. Um, I'm cutting him right now. He's off the team. Yeah, I think you yeah. cut. Yeah, yeah, I just I don't see enough from him that the Patriots are going to keep. Yeah, so you cut Diversion. You keep Mike Jackson just because it looks like he's played a decent amount of games. Nothing crazy, but he looks like he's a, little, a better player. So yeah, you keep Mike. Okay. So Please now I'm I'm gonna keep moving because we're gonna be here all day if we don't go yeah. and a little bit yeah. quicker. Oh yeah, fair. Remember, fair. There's, there's twenty twenty more twenty two actually more positions to go through. All right, junk, you got the next one. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just flip, flip yeah, we'll over. just go back. Yeah, and we'll forth. just I think that'll move along best. So we'll flip over to the other corner spot. So at the other corner spot we have JC Jackson, Jonathan Jones, D'Angelo Ross, and Michael Bryant. Uh, you definitely keep the first yep. two. Uh, and I'm probably stuck at that. <laughs> I don't know who the only two guys are. Um, so my, I'm sorry, it was Miles Bryant. Uh, Miles Bryant, I know from last year a little bit. He was somebody that they brought in. Uh, I think he was a practice squad guy, and he actually ended up getting a little bit of time on the field. Um Oh, he was on the yeah. roster? Wow. Yeah, I yeah. think he got a little yeah. bit of play time. D'Angelo Ross, I don't know. Um, looks like he's 24 years old. He's 5'9", 180. Um, he's been in New England since 2019. Looks like he was an undrafted free agent, and he's just been on the practice squad every t- since. He's been activated once to the tw- the 53-man roster. Mm. Yeah, expendable. There is no... Um, scouting report on him <laughs> at all. Uh, the last guy there was a little <laughs> bit of a write up on D'Angelo Ross, not so much. Um, what do you think, John? Yeah, I'm keeping the first two and um, maybe another practice squad for Bryant, who uh, I believe it was, right? Yep, and then. There's literally nothing on D'Angelo Ross. Yeah, I've never uh, heard of the guy either. I guess he played at uh, New Mexico State. I was going to say, he That's might a be a cut practice squad guy um, too. So I think you would just stick at J.C. Jackson and uh, – who was it, Jonathan yep. Jones, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. So – I think Jonathan Jones gives you a good piece on the on the speed guys too, which you really yeah. need. So. No, I agree. Yep. So are we keeping Miles Bryant or is he going to be a casualty? It'll be a casualty. Cutting them. (laughs) All right. So, as it stands at our corners, we have JC Jackson, Jonathan Jones, Stephon Gilmore, Jojo Juan Williams, and Michael Jackson. All right, Eric, it's going to go back to you, bud. So, we're going to go back to now Mm -hmm. free safety. So, we have three free safeties on the roster Devin Cordy, Justin Bethel, Cody Davis. Um, So, obviously, you keep Cordy. Um, Bethel, I think Bethel is still. What was it? Three year? He's still in the in his contract. So they right just now. I, think, I know it's a two three year deal. Cody Davis and Justin Bethel this offseason. Yes. yes. Oh, Cody really? Davis got a two year resign. I think Justin Bethel is probably around the same. Here's okay, a so here's the asterisks. Eric, yeah. I just want to give you an asterisk. They're both uh, special teamers. Just saying. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Then you keep all three. You just keep. You're not three. cutting any. Yeah. No, I'm not getting right. any. We'll That's keep it tough. nice so and as yeah. it, I, Just because they've just resigned them. So as it them. stands right now, we have six safeties and a, five corners. 
That brings us to 11 on yeah. the secondary. So I think what we'll do is when we get through the whole roster, we'll we'll see yeah. where we're at. Yeah. And if we're at 53, we'll leave it. And if we're over, we're going to have to make some more cuts. Make some cuts. All right. Yeah. So, Joker, like we'll, go back, we'll go to outside linebacker on the left side. So for the outside linebacker, I have Matt Judon, Josh Uche, Brandon King. Ooh, that's tough. Are we cutting any or are we keeping all three? Uh, how many positions groups we got left? We got one, two, three, four, five, so six, I have, seven, eight. So as far on, on defense, we have seven more position groups. We have an edge, nose tackle, yeah. D tackle, another outside linebacker on the other side. Yeah. And then two yeah. groupings of middle inside linebackers. Yep. Yeah. I'll uh, read it to you again. You got Matt well, Judon, gonna... Josh Uche, Brandon yeah. King. Brandon King was so locked out look. last season. He was typically a special teamer. Yeah, but Brandon King's been on the team for a little He's bit. He's been now. on the team for, yeah. for a little bit. He's one of Belichick's boys. Um, he's 27 years old, stands at about 6'2". He just shaved his head. Twelve. I mean, okay. He just shaved Bill. Yeah, he just shaved uh, Belichick's head. Sorry to go on top. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. I mean, um, he's, he's a special teamer. It, on the website, they have him at a linebacker safety flex position. Yeah. yeah I think that's just for special teams purposes because I've seen him play a lot of special okay. teams. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, honestly, it's getting kind of crazy, but I think we keep all three okay. again. Um, but I'm also looking at the other linebacker groupings with like Therese Hall. Uh, hey, Fernay, stay Jenner, in your lane. We'll get some. Sh- I know. We'll get some, <laughs> we'll get some shakeups. Stop there. cutting the line. Stop cutting uh, the line. <laughs> I also got Chase. Winner Stay in your maybe because he stands up. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna keep all three according to Junker. So we're gonna move on to one of the inside middle linebackers, and we're gonna go to Eric. Oh, once we get to the end, it's gonna be tough. So, okay, Eric. Your first group of middle inside linebackers, you have Dante Hightower, Raekwon McMillan, and Therese Hall. Uh, you keep the first two in Cut Hall. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what the situation is with Hall. I don't, I've never heard of him. but He yeah, was thrown into action last year. He's an undersized linebacker. Um, I didn't love him. I think he's because uh, he's undersized, he got pushed around a little bit. And given how atrocious we were at the run yeah. stop last year. The run. Yeah. I, I will agree with you. I think we should cut Hall. Maybe he yeah, maybe he Hall makes it onto the guys. practice squad and he's one of those guys that gets elevated due to injuries, but no, I agree. All right, Junker, since you were looking at the linebackers, we're going to go to the edge position, <laughs> the defensive end position. Um, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so we have Dietrich Wise – Nick Thurman and Akeem Spence. Ooh. I do not know Thurman whatsoever. I think he was just another guy that the Patriots just kind of found and threw him in. I don't I don't remember much of him from last season either. Akeem Spence I remember a little I'll, bit I'll, of, but not Nick Thurman. I'll tell you his uh history. Waived practice squad, free agent. Waived practice squad, activated practice squad, activated practice squad, all within like 
three Jeez, months was. Yeah. He's been like activated in practice squad like fourteen times. Uh, so he's he's gonna be okay. cut. Um, and then Spence, Akeem Spence, yep. you said uh, he might be he might be a similar position. He probably played what last year because he Akeem was, spent yeah Akeem Spence played a little bit more last year. Um, remember we had Bo Allen who we thought was going to be our nose tackle, but he got hurt in camp and never made an appearance, and we just yeah. cut him. Um, yeah. Akeem Spence, I think was a. It looks like he's floating around. Yeah, I think too. Akeem Spence was a practice squad guy. He stands at about six foot one, three hundred and seven pounds. He's been another guy that's been up and down. Right. Twenty nine years old. All right, cut all right. Except Weiss. Yep. Akeem Spence, you're out. Oh, cut both. All right, okay. so all we left was Dietrich Weiss. All right, yeah. Eric, okay. I'm, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the nose tackles. You know, you were you were an interior line. Okay. You know the nitty gritty. Let's go. Mm-hmm. We have Davon Godshaw, Byron Cowart, Carl Davis, and Bill Murray. <laughs> I, I, I'm dead serious. There's uh, a defensive tackle out there. Yeah, I know. His Bill name Murray. is Bill Murray. Number 97 yeah. in your program. Yep. He is 6'3, okay. 296. Uh, played at William and Mary. Red Flame. Yeah, he's a big old white guy. He's 23 years old. <laughs> okay, so. Um, well, you obviously you keep Gotchow just because we just signed him to a two year, I think, 10, mm-hmm. 15 mil contract. So you keep him. Um, Cowart, I think you – I like Cowart. He's been on the team for a little bit now. I think he's a bigger uh, defensive lineman, I'm pretty sure. He's around like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I can pull that up for you. Um, um, so, yeah, I think you keep those two guys. 6'4", yeah. um, 293. Okay, cool. Yeah, so he's I'm one of those muscular so, yeah, I think yeah. he's too, though. He's like – he's strong as hell. I remember I was actually excited when they drafted him out of Maryland. He was uh, a high-end yeah. prospect. That I guess he had some motor issues and maybe some off-field issues, but he was originally committed to like a top twenty-five school, and he ended up going to Maryland, and he played decent there. Okay, yeah, so he's got some talent. So I think you keep those two guys. Uh, get rid of Bill Murray. I, uh, I mean, even though he's got some size on him, um, I don't know that much about him. He sounds like he said twenty-three years old, so. Um, he's probably undrafted or he seems like a practice um, just a guy who's been cut a bunch of times. Yeah. So I guess you, um, yeah, I think you cut him. And then who's the other, who's the fourth guy? Uh, the the other guy was Carl Uh, Davis. Carl Davis. Or Bill Murray. No, we just talked about Bill Murray. The next is Carl Davis. Carl Davis. Uh, I just got to pull him up real quick because I haven't heard about this guy either. Uh, six five. Oh wow, he's a big dude. I know. I'm pretty sure um, we re-signed Carl Davis this past off season. If I'm not, if oh, I'm not mistaken, him. I'm pretty sure we gave him another contract. Um, okay. You know, he he's supposed to be so, interior. You know, run stuffer. He's six five, three twenty. He's twenty nine years old, so he's kind of up there. But um, you know, he's a big boy. I think he, he would be put in. He's third to kind of just. He was a high draft pick. He was a third round pick. Uh, sorry, yeah, third round pick, pick ninety. So, he had some draft capital uh, back when he was younger. Um, yeah, I think you keep all three guys besides Bill Murray. Get rid right. of Bill Murray. So that stops us at no. So Junker, 
We're going to go to – Oh, boy. I gave you the first outside. I'll give you the other inside linebacker. Let's see what we got. So we got Juwan Bentley and Anthony Jennings. Only two players at that spot. I mean, you're not really giving much there. I feel like you have to. You have to keep both, no? Uh, unless you like draft one, and this is this kind of ties into what we'll probably talk about going forward is like what position groups we need to draft for. So uh, I'm going to keep both for now. Okay. But this might change when the draft Sure, comes. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Eric, I'll give you the other outside linebacker group. So we have Kyle Van Noy, okay. Chase Winovich, and I'm, I, I want to make sure I don't butcher this guy's name. Um, L- Leroy Reynolds. Roy Reynolds. Uh, he was okay. just signed uh, yesterday or today. Oh, really? Okay. He's, so he's supposed to be a good special teams uh, guy. Oh, really? Okay. Then, yeah, you keep – obviously, you keep Winovich and Van Noy. Um, and then you cut – You think they're going to cut Reynolds, uh, Roy Reynolds? Yeah. Uh, he'll, be, he'll probably want to be those guys, like, at the – at the end of camp, you just cut him just because we just can't keep him. He probably – not necessarily he's not good enough, um, but it's like, hey, man, 53 guys, you just can't keep you. Or we'll put you on the practice squad. So cut slash practice squad for him. Obviously, you keep Winovich and Benoit. I feel like that's a no-brainer on that All side right. of the ball. All right, Junker, you have our last position group of the night, and it is that defensive tackle kind of that flex tackle position, not necessarily a nose tackle, but – um, not either a defensive end either. So in that group, we have Lawrence Guy, Henry Anderson, Tayshawn Bauer, and Mont- Montrevious. Montrevious Adams. So you just added Adams. Yep, you added right? Adams. He's on a one-year deal. He previously played in Green Bay. He is another guy I think had some draft capital. He's 25 years old. He's He played at Auburn. He's 6'3", probably about 3'10". Um, he was a good player. I think he was a third-round pick. Um, was a good player in Auburn. I just don't think he ever really caught on with Green Bay. So I got Guy and Anderson, and that's probably it. You think they cut Adams and Bauer? Okay. Yes. All right. Do you want to elaborate on that at all? How many? Uh, unfortunately, I don't have, like, any details on Adams. Seems like he's a flyer. Uh, same thing uh, with the other piece. And Adams, didn't we sign to, like, a two-year? Adams, I like think that? Adams is on a one-year deal. Okay. He's a young dude, though. 6'4", 304, 25. I mean, he's a, he's a big yeah. dude. Um, I Like I said, I just don't think he ever caught on in Green Bay. And I think the Patriots are just trying to get as yeah, many big no. guys as possible here. But he, I, I – And against the run, we need the support. I mean, well. I, Junk, I agree um, with you. He could absolutely be a casualty – Especially considering um, 
you know, we, we, I feel we have a lot of depth at those positions, like those middle right. interior guys. It's kind of why I kept them towards the end. Yeah, that's when you got to make the tricky situations. Um, hey, you know what? If we do get Adams or whoever is cheaper to knock off one of the more expensive guys, we get more cap space too. So it's a win-win no matter what. But it's honestly like shooting at the dartboard right now with some of uh, some of those guys and just so Adams figuring out who's going to fit. Adams them is on a one-year, one million ninety-five thousand um, dollar set uh, contract. Base salary is nine hundred ninety thousand. He got a fifty thousand dollars signing bonus, and then he's got a couple of like roster and workout bonuses thrown in there as well. Guaranteed. Fifth, yeah. I think fifty thousand yeah. dollars are guaranteed. It's just that signing bonus. Yeah. Like I said, if he comes in and actually shines, absolutely shines, awesome. You know, and I want some of these guys to prove me wrong because it'll just mean more and more cap for next year. And we're already anticipating more and more cap for next year uh, with the TV deals and the fans being back in there. And the league is going to generate more money as mm-hmm. it is. But um, yeah, I mean, I also haven't invested enough time in looking at these guys, seeing what their actual presence is against the run, against the pass. Or, um, okay. So just kind of picking some names out of the hat and keeping Guy and Anderson. That's probably okay. it. All right. And so um, that will actually conclude the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to read this list back to you guys. So at the safety positions for free safety, we kept Devin McCourty, Justin Bethel, and Cody Davis. Strong safety, we kept Kyle Duggar, Jalen Mills, Adrian Phillips. At the cornerback position, we have J.C. Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, Jonathan Jones, Joe Juan Williams, and Michael Jackson, not the singer. Um, from those positions, we cut D'Angelo Ross, Miles Bryant, and D. Virgin. Um, outside linebackers, we have Matt Judon, Kyle Van Noy, Chase Winovich, Josh Uche, Brandon King. We cut Leroy Reynolds. Inside linebacker, we have Dante Hightower, Raquan McMillan, Jawan Bentley, and Fernie Jennings. We cut Therese Hall. At the defensive end position, we have Dietrich Wise, and that's really it. Um, <laughs> at the nose tackle, D-tackle positions, we have Devon Godshaw, Byron Cowart, Cody uh, – I'm sorry, Corey Davis. Yeah. Um, Lawrence Guy and Henry Anderson. And those was we cut Nick Thurman, Akeem Spence, Bill Murray, not the actor, Tayshawn Bauer, Montrevious yeah. Adams. Yeah. And it's uh I think Carl, Carl Davis, Davis, right? Carl Davis, uh, right. <laughs> uh, you, got, you got me going a little bit with the uh I know, Corey I know, Davis I know. right there. <laughs> uh, so that brings <laughs> us we started at thirty six okay. players. Now we are down to twenty six. So you can cut. So you, uh, gives us yeah, so you can cut down. So from right 78, there. now we're at 68. So from our all we have left to do is our offense and our special teams, okay. which I think we're going to save till next episode. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and so let's – maybe we should touch on a little bit of Bruins news. Right. Sounds good. A little bit of so Red Sox. Anything that you guys want to – Well, I'll start with you uh, You first, Paul. Um, right. Let's go with the Bruins. 
just because I know you were watching the the game a little bit before. Uh, I'm not sure if the game is still going going on, but I know you were watching the game uh, pre pod. But uh, uh, any news on the Bruins so far? How they're doing? Um, so yes, the Bruins are currently playing. Um, it is tied three oh, to three with Islanders with two minutes left in the third. Your goal scores a little bit. It's a good game right now. Islanders are number one in the in our division. Just a heads up. Um, goals are scored by keep losing to them. That's why goals are scored by Andres Bjork, Carson Kuhlman, and Stephen Kampfer. Um, Tuka Rask started the game. He left after the first period. Um, Yaroslav Halak came in after. He, Yaroslav Halak has been a little leaky as of late. Um, hasn't been as solid as he's been in the past. Um, I'll chalk it up as we haven't played in a week. Let's see what happens. Um, so that's how the game's going right now. Um, today was the first game since, I believe, the beginning of March last year that we've been able to have fans in the stands. Um, I believe we're at 12.5% capacity, which is like 2,000 fans. Better than nothing. I'm sure the guys are loving having somebody there. I know David Pasternak talked a little bit about it before the game. Um, Yeah. You know, a lot of this Bruins team has been injury. Um, You know, I've talked about it multiple weeks. Andre Kasha has now come back and said that he might not be playing for the entirety of this season now. So now that's two years that you've had this guy that's supposed to be, you know, your, your second line right winger that you traded mm-hmm. a first round pick for, and you've gotten nothing out of him. Um, so I, I'm going to label that as a bust. You know, I, I didn't love it when we traded yeah. the first round pick for the guy in the first place, because I didn't know who he was. And that was because he was never on the ice with the de- the, the ducks. Um, and now he hasn't been on the ice with us either. So not loving that trade at the moment. Um, you know, because of the COVID thing, the Bruins, I think, were starting to find their stride. And then they were, they've were they been off for a week. I think they started the game off kind of slow and they picked it up. Um, they kind of started getting back to their hockey a little bit. You know, we'll see if they pull this one out tonight. But so far, they haven't looked bad okay. against the best team in our nice. division. So I'll Anything take it. you want to follow tonight. up on that with that junk? Uh, no. Um, it does seem kind of uh, ironic that the team went through, what was it, a, a COVID protocol, right? A week off yeah. COVID protocol. And also, year. we um... – uh, Sorry, not to interrupt you, but we don't have yeah, we no, don't okay. have Jake DeBrusque tonight, and I think there was one other player um, that we did not have tonight due yeah. to COVID protocol. And didn't wasn't there an injury one of the last games? Defensive. Uh, Jeremy went down? Lozon was uh, is another guy that yeah. we're supposed to be getting back soon. Um, Tenorti was the most recent guy to go down, but he played tonight. Um, oh, yeah, we're yeah. supposed to be getting. Zach Sanishin and Jeremy Lozon back relatively soon. Brandon Carlo, I'm told, has also been skating recently. No contact, however. I don't know if I have uh, a lack of sense of humor here or not, but isn't it kind of funny that we went into COVID <laughs> protocols, but yet yeah. now we have fans in the stands? Like, isn't that just <laughs> well, a lot of timing? 
we shut down the place and then we <laughs> um yeah no nothing else though just kind of a little little nugget right there a little, little fun stuff i got nothing on them though i mean we're just we got a week that we uh we're off on them and now they just need to play i think they're middling right now they're they're they haven't been the team that we saw in the first 10 to 15 games. They're, they're kind of just going through the motions. They're switching out defensemen here and there. Once they get their skates underneath them in the next few games, hopefully they can turn it on. But for now, um, they're just like a middle-of-the-pack team nice, in my nice. eyes right now. Until um, anything else you want to touch up on, Funk, before we uh, close the doors here? Um, uh, next Thursday, I play next week. I think opening day is next week. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys saw what uh, tickets were going for at Fenway Park, um, but I'm pretty sure they started out. If you wanted to be standing Whoa. in the grandstands, somewhere around five hundred dollars. Um, so if if somebody was interested in in those, um, I'm hearing a lot of good things about the Red Sox this year, though. I guess they got a good. You know, they brought Alex Cora back, which, you know, I know he was a cheater, but, I mean, we're kind of used to that here in New England. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't really surprise me that he's back. Um, I guess Bobby Dahlback, one of our prospects, has been ripping it up all Grapefruit League. He actually just hit another home run today, which leads the majors in the spring baseball. Um so maybe we're getting some power to the lineup. It, it's going to be a very different uh, Boston Red Sox team this year, I think. I think they made a lot of moves. There's going to be a lot of new faces. And honestly, a lot of youth. So maybe the, maybe the Red Sox will be fun to watch this year because God knows I haven't watched them in two years. Um, so we'll see. And, you know, I, I hope they're going to be fun to watch because I hate yeah, basketball no, that's, right now. So that's I'm, a good I'm point. looking for I another think, sport uh, to fill up my I nights. I think the Red Sox – yeah, anyone, know, anyone boys, got maybe we'll, go, maybe we'll be able to catch a game this year. Being the fucking bleachers. Yeah. I would crazy. hope so. Uh, the <laughs> prices go down after that. Give it a couple weeks. Yeah, I was going to say, once the we season, lose the first you know, 12 or the 15 games, we'll be fine. the conversation about with, with the COVID and vaccines and things like that. Hopefully throughout the season, you know, things get better. And when it comes to that standpoint and, you know, they start to increase the capacity at the stadium. And then I feel like that's when the tickets were will start to drop. But you are right. It's the first couple games. Everybody wants to get outside as soon as possible. They're like, yeah, I'll just drop $500 on a ticket, but we'll see. So. Sick. Uh, Bruins just lost in overtime. Fantastic. So. So the Bruins strike again with their overtime woes. No surprise there. I will will say, though, I, I really haven't been impressed with Yaroslav Halak. He was really good to start the season, and then when Tuka Rask yeah. got hurt, he had a couple good starts, and then he's just kind of been a mm-hmm. kind of been downhill ever since. I kind of liked that Dan Vladar kid when he came. Um, I, I think yeah, that might be a situation to monitor if they if Halak continues to play yeah. poorly, they might have to bring up one of the kids. Uh, I heard our goalie uh, depth, I guess you can say, isn't as strong either. No, you got two prospects down there. Um, you got Jeremy Swayman and um, 
Dan Vladar. Uh, they're supposed to be two. Swayman is supposedly the better of the two. He's played on a really bad, humane team the last couple of years in college. And he was, at one point, I think he was supposed to be in the running for best college uh, hockey player. Um, so I know that kid's pretty good. And I know, Dar- I call him Darth Vladar. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually his nickname, but um, he's another one. He's supposed to be a pretty good, pretty solid prospect. Guy's like 6'6". Um, so kind of reminds me of uh, that Nashville goalie. What's his name? Pecorine. Um, so yep. I don't. I don't think they're there. Hey, I don't think they're go. quite ready yet. But they could be in a few years. But maybe we don't have a few years. Not with our core. Um. How's how's the Providence team? How is the depth that we have? Uh, it. Generally, um, I know we haven't talked about it like at all. You but know, how is the we, it, it's, it's tough because you know we have. I think we brought up Jamie McKegg. Um, he's kind of been on that that bus team. That's kind of always a fringe player. Um, with the injuries we've had, you know, normally somebody like I don't know if Sean Corrali played tonight, um, but Chris Wagner, Sean Corrali, those guys are usually on the bubble. Anders Bjork's on the bubble. All those guys are playing right now because of injuries. So after them, I know we've brought up Anton Bleed, who's a Providence guy. He's been up and down a couple times for the organization. They uh, they brought up one of our prospects, Oscar Steen. He played okay. Um, he's definitely not ready yet. You know, they brought up Zach Sanishin. He was playing really well in Providence, but he played the first game, played well, but he got hurt in mm-hmm. that game. So hopefully he comes back soon. So, like, as far as depth goes, I think we have, you know, NHL talent that we could use. My concern is the top six guys. Like, obviously, we have our three. It's that second and third line that kind of bothered me. Um, And especially when you don't have Jake DeBrus, you know, he kind of got hot right before the, um, the COVID break that we've had. So, hopefully, he, com- he comes back and yeah. plays tough again. But. Yeah. I th- I think we're gonna need to shake something up here if we're gonna wanna if we're gonna wanna make a playoff run and if we're being honest we probably don't have too many years of the perfection line to lean on with uh, Brad Marchand and uh, Patrice Bergeron starting to get up there in age. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I just it's funny to me. I look at them and I kind of look at the Celtics the same way where you got the top three and then it's just like, you know, you get flashes here and there from like Grant Williams, get flashes here and there from, uh, from who's the center uh, of the Bruins. Yes. Yes. Uh, but like nothing consistent, you know, you get David Krejci here and there, you get Kemba here and there, but like, I just look at them kind of in the same format. Bruins were playing a lot better, but it's just, it's kind of funny. The correlation or the relationship, that they have between each other. Well, so that is it for this week. Um, So appreciate the time, gentlemen. Um, Anything else you guys want to go over before we uh, close the doors here? Yeah. I want to throw out a shout out to our friend, Fabio Chirant, who's making his UFC debut on Saturday night. Um, 
Going to be watching, going to be pulling for you, bud. Um, And also, for the few listeners we have on here, don't forget to go follow us on Instagram, Cover 3, I think we're underscore, Cover underscore 3 podcast. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Uh, cover three underscore three. Right. Follow Junker. Uh, he, he's the one who made it. Yep. Um, that's um, really all I have, though. Yeah. Shout out to Fabio. Uh, I didn't. I don't know him that well, um, but I know he's a good dude, um, and that's it's super exciting to to see uh, you know a guy going from a D three school to being the UFC uh, doing his debut. That's super. Uh, tremendous work right there. Uh, super excited for him, and yeah, I'll be I'll be watching Saturday night, and I hope he beats the hell, beats the living hell out of the guy that he's fighting against. I'm not sure what his competition is looking like, but yeah, dude, that that's where you start, and uh, yeah, just take it from there. So super excited for him. Chuck, yeah, um, whatever you guys are listening on, leave a leave a rate, leave a comment. Ask us what we want to hear, yeah. what you want to hear next, you know, by, by all means, critique us, tell us we suck. It's fine. We'll, we'll take it like a man and we'll move on. Uh, yeah. Don't we'll leave a, leave a, all right. Well, leave a rate and comment. We'll, uh, we'll answer back to you too. All right, guys. Josh Faulkner, Jacob Junker, Eric Peace. Omar.